Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Welcome to episode 179 of the podcast for July 9th, 2013. My guests today are Judy Wirth and Tom Shooker. They are two of the co-authors of the recently published book, Perfecting Patient Journeys from the Lean Enterprise Institute. The book is a guide for leaders of healthcare organizations who want to implement lean thinking. So we're going to be talking about their book, topics including uh, what types of value streams or end-to-end flows are healthcare organizations working on, uh, breaking down silos in healthcare, improving quality and cost as a result of taking time out of value streams, and more. So you can find links uh, to reviews of the book, uh, how to buy the book, uh, a video of Tom and Judy. You can find that all by going to uh, leanblog.org slash 179. And for all past episodes, of course, you can go to leanpodcast.org. Thanks for listening. Well, Judy and Tom, thanks so much for being my guests today here on the podcast. Oh, thank you, Mark. We're glad to be here today. My pleasure also, Mark. Thank you. So start off by introducing yourselves to the listeners. Judy, can you um, tell everybody you know, about your background and, and what you've done in the lean world? Um. My background is a combination of organizational development and uh, instructional design. And uh, I'm not a healthcare professional, but I've worked in and around healthcare for many, many years, including a five year stint with the American Board of, used to be called Family Practice. It's now Family Medicine as a contract worker for them. Uh, in terms of the lean world, I joined uh, my colleagues at Lean Transformations Group. I guess it's about seven or eight years ago now in uh, helping them develop a set of training materials on uh, value stream mapping, not specifically for healthcare. It was for office and service, but that includes healthcare as well. So that's sort of how I got my feet wet. Okay, great. And Tom, if you can do a similar introduction for us. Sure, sure. My background is uh, is manufacturing. Uh, I uh, had 30 years with General Motors and was fortunate enough, though, to be selected amongst one of the 12 that GM would select every year to spend a, a couple of years at the uh, Toyota-GM joint venture, New United Motors in California. And, and uh, that was a, a life-changing two years for me, and I think it has uh, kept me very much dedicated to trying to help other organizations use the kind of thinking I saw going on there. Uh, for their improvement and of course being part of the LTG organization with Judy and, and our other four partners and uh, and being on LEI's uh, adjunct faculty staff uh, has allowed us a, a, a venue to uh, to work with organizations to, to help them think like this. I might also mention Mark that uh, I live about 16 miles from Georgetown, Kentucky which is where the first Toyota assembly plant was built in the U.S. Right. So uh, it's kind of in the air around here. And one of our <laughs> partners spent about 13 or 14 years working for Toyota. And Tom certainly has had the NUMI experience. So uh, some of us have worked directly. Others of us have sort of picked it up by osmosis. Yeah, I tell you, yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm about the same distance from the relatively new Toyota plant in San Antonio. And, you know, hopefully over time, it'll have a similar influence on uh, on the community and uh, spreading lean ideas throughout all sorts of other industries. So I think we can only hope for the same here. Um, Judy, if, if you could give an overview 
um, of the book, um, Perfecting Patient Journeys. Um, you know, what, what's some of the, what, you know, why, why write the book? What are some of the key themes and approaches that you, you guys have detailed? Okay. Um, the purpose of the book really is to, we hope, fill a, fill a gap in some of what we've seen in lean and healthcare. It's been a lot of really, really good work uh, in doing Kaizen events and, and what, what lean practitioners would call point Kaizen, where you pick a particular problem like uh, restocking supplies or whatever and focus on how you get an improvement made there. Uh, and what we hope to do through uh, value stream improvement is to bump that up a level where you're really looking at a systems level approach to the problems end to end. Uh, I've noticed some folks in healthcare, I think Group Health is starting to call this model line improvement where they're borrowing directly from the auto industry. Uh, we talk about this as value stream improvement where you really pick a service or in some cases a product and you follow that all the way through from end to end. So for example, in a hospital at a very high level, you might have a patient who comes into the emergency department and the value stream for that patient would be from the time either they hit the front door or an ambulance calls that says they're on their way in, following them all the way through and following all the process of care that they go through to get them to the point where they're either going to be admitted to the hospital or discharged. So emergency room would be one example. Uh, inpatient care from the time a patient is admitted till they're released. Uh, another example might be we work with surgery uh, where uh, the value stream might actually begin in the surgeon's office where the surgeon decides that uh, the patient needs something like hip replacement surgery and the value stream ends at the point where the patient perhaps is released to a rehab facility. Tom, you want to add anything to that? Yeah, it, uh, another point that as we wrote this book and as the material that that was developed that allowed us to write this book was being uh, gathered, it it showed us that there was another important factor in in how this value stream approach worked in these various hospital organizations. And a, a little background on that, the, the development of this book came as a result of, of the LTG group working with uh, the Michigan Hospital Association and, and trying to improve uh, 65 emergency rooms over a seven-month period all at the same time. And, and it was a, a formidable task that... Uh, that we took on and uh, by dividing the state into uh, seven different sectors and then having about uh, 10 hospitals in each of those sectors or a little bit less come together on a, on a monthly basis and taking them through the value stream approach as that Judy just described, giving them homework assignments that would allow them to go back and collaborate with the, the other folks that worked in their 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 own value streams to to one in the current state continue to identify the problems and make sure they all agreed upon them and then as they worked their way through into creating a future state value stream getting agreement amongst those folks that worked in that value stream at each of their individual hospitals that uh, this is the way they would go about uh, uh, improving their 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 delivery of care 
they, the, the 10 hospitals in each sector learned from each other. They all had unique problems within their value streams all around the ER department, but all the unique problems. And they learned from each other, but created their own countermeasures that fit their culture and allowed them to move forward with it. So it became a, a learning experience for, for us that led us to developing this book and realizing the real importance of the, the socialization aspect of engagement of folks in these organizations and give them the wherewithal to problem solve themselves. Mm-hmm. So talking about, you know, Judy, maybe back to you, you talked about um, systems thinking, end-to-end thinking. Um, what, what are some of the challenges? I mean, people who've worked in healthcare, or gosh, even um, experienced healthcare as a patient, maybe know about the silos and, um, the departmental focus. What what are some of the challenges that are particular in healthcare? What are some of the things also that have worked in breaking down some of those silos? Wow, that's a really good question, Mark. I think I think healthcare working in improvement in healthcare at the system level is one of the most complicated places to try and do this because not only do you have the traditional silos of you know laboratory versus the uh, the medical unit. You also have a huge amount of siloing that takes place by profession, so that you've got hospital administration, then you have the medical teams, uh, you have nursing, and then you have uh, all of the other folks, either support folks, clinical support folks, or other folks, and they all have their own particular focus, their own particular tasks, uh, and it's sometimes in the way we typically approach things, they focus primarily on getting their own tasks done. And uh, what we're trying to help them see is that you kind of have to redefine the task so that everybody's working on a similar task. And I'll add one other piece of complexity that uh, affects an awful lot of healthcare, which is if you're dealing with a community hospital, you've got all of those issues. If you try and go to a university medical center, you also have a, a uh, institution that has a mission to provide care, but it also has a mission to do research, mm. and it has a uh, mission to do uh, community service. And all of those missions don't and, and train future health professionals, and those are a whole other set of silos that get in the way of people being able to define uh, a something that they're trying to achieve for the patient so that they all get the same picture of what I'm trying to achieve and see how all the pieces contribute to getting that good patient care and in some cases good medical education and good community service. And so we just, you know, it's not uncommon for us to have a, when we do uh, what we call value stream improvement workshops, a lot of times these will take the form of a three-day experience where We've already scoped the experience to decide what value stream or what part of the value stream needs to be improved. Uh, But typically, we'll ask that some representation from every group that works in the value stream and whoever whoever triggers the start of the value stream as a supplier, like maybe an ambulance crew, and whoever's the customer of the value stream, like if it's an emergency department, the customer might be a medical floor so that all of those people have some representation in that group so that they're all in the room talking to each other. And uh, it's not at all unusual to hear people in the room say to each other, I had no idea you did that. 
I had no idea it was that complicated. I had no idea that that's the reason you asked us to do it that way. We didn't know it affected you that way. And so uh, for the first time, all of the stakeholders are in the room talking with each other and uh, using the, the tool of a map. A value stream improvement is a lot more than just the map, but initially using the tool of the map so that everybody, uh, in the words of one of our colleagues, says, sees the value stream the same way, uh, understands it the same way, and then reach agreement on how they're going to improve it. Yeah, and it, isn't it funny how many times um, it comes down to simple miscommunications between departments? I mean, did you have any examples, either of you, Tom or Judy, about times where you know that, that communication was discovered and cleared up to uh, for the benefit of the entire value stream? Uh, absolutely. Uh, in one of the uh, hospitals we were working with, uh, a good example is around uh, uh, in the emergency room, in order to uh, get uh, results back uh, from some blood tests, uh, instead of uh, calling the lab and having them send down a phlebotomist and uh, drawing the blood and then waiting for the results, uh, one of their improvement plans was to have the RNs draw the blood uh, in the in the uh, emergency room to save that uh, that amount of time waiting for a phlebotomist and, and shorten down the, the, uh, the results so that they could get on with treatment. And everything just seemed great, uh, except all of a sudden, as they ran a test to see if this worked, they found out a, a significant amount of the blood uh, was coagulating and, and being rejected in the testing from the, when it came from the RNs drawing it in the emergency room. And as they went through, a, as we boiled it down and they worked themselves through what, what could be causing this, it, it, it came right down to the point that uh, some of the instructions that were given to the nurses on drawing the blood and how to store the blood prior to bringing it up for test, uh, forgot to tell them that they sh it should be stored vertically with the assumption that all the nurses knew that. And, and in this case, that was a big breakdown in communication between the two departments, but by running an experiment to see if this, this way would in fact get results quicker, uh, it was uncovered uh, and that communication was, was uh, corrected mm -hmm. uh, and the results uh, were back up to what they were when the phlebotomists were drawing the blood. I can, I can give you another example. Um, one of the big value streams we've worked on is trying to get uh, patients out of the hospital and discharged at an appropriate time so that patients elsewhere, in, uh, particularly in the emergency room, don't end up boarding in the emergency room until a bed becomes available. And uh, we started breaking that down, and there were probably a hundred different places where there were problems in getting patients released from the medical floors. Uh, I'm thinking of one example in particular. Uh, the hospital was a, had a focus on orthopedics, and so they had a lot of patients there who were in for hip and joint replacement surgery. And one of their requirements was that anybody who was supposed to be discharged either home or elsewhere had to be seen by a physical therapist uh, the day of their discharge. And, of course, to get the beds cleared, they wanted patients to uh, leave early in the morning, and uh, there was no communication between uh, the unit where the patient was housed with the physical therapy department to tell them how many patients and which patients 
were scheduled for release in the morning. So you had patients who could have been seen at 7 or 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning, but the bulk of the physical therapy uh, employees didn't come on staff till somewhat later than that. So there was this huge bottleneck, and that's just one example of multiple, multiple bottlenecks where there just wasn't good communication going from one unit to the other. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you've talked about uh, the ED value stream, inpatient care. Tom, what, what are some of the other value streams that hospitals are really putting a lot of focus on these days? Well, we've, we've, we've worked with one organization that uh, wanted to expand their orthopedic and, uh, and uh, neuroscience. And to do that, as we met with leadership and they identified the things that are getting in their way of doing that, uh, as they, they look at their strategy and their five-year plan, it was not having enough space in the operating room. They were, they were capacitized out. So as we started to look at an overall value stream uh, that had an element of it uh, at a high level that surgery was a part of, uh, we picked that surgery piece out and then exploded that into its own value stream to find out that, that the uh, sterile processing that fed that that operating room uh, was was fraught with errors and uh, fraught with problems. So they were getting something in the neighborhood of 400 phone calls a day from from the emergency department, <clears throat> telling them that they needed another instrument or something was not exactly what this particular physician needed to perform the surgery, and they would be running. Uh, all these multiple trips up there, and and what that did, of course, was delayed surgery uh, in in a new number of these rooms to the extent when added up, there was one full room of of surgery that was could be freed up if just these problems in sterile processing could be solved. So uh, we worked uh, extensively with them to develop a uh, a delivery system and a and an order fulfillment system to bring the right instruments for the right doctors. Uh, up to that delivery and, 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 and got the phone calls down that where there were less than 50 a day where somebody was missing something. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's an example of another one that this kind of approach seemed to work quite well. Can, do you have any examples when we talked about the value stream? I mean, how far upstream or downstream would you look at and to the point where maybe it becomes an extended value stream, not just going across departments, but going across um, different organizations or even different parts of an integrated health system? Well, we were, well, yeah, sure, Judy, thank you. Uh, We were engaged by the Michigan Hospital Association again on this and uh, and what they they shared with us was that uh, they have an organization called MyStar uh, that they were um, being engaged with, and that that stood for Michigan. Um, uh, boy, now I'm going to miss one of the letters, but it had to do with with readmissions into hospitals with the new healthcare law, saying that if people are readmitted in within, uh, I think it's 90 days for the same thing, they're not going to be reimbursed. And uh, in that particular uh, engagement, we had healthcare providers from area hospitals, uh, from assisted living facilities, from nursing care facilities, from um, ambulance delivery uh, and that would provide transportation. And we, we jointly at a high level 
uh, did a value stream to show a flow of, an, of a patient leaving one of these sites to go in for treatment and, and the various uh, steps that they would take to get back to their home again, whether it be in a, an assisted living or a nursing care facility. And, and what this value stream approach did for that group of people is it made very visual all the problems that, that particularly found themselves at the transition of care points between these various organizations. And that's the approach that they were moving forward with then is picking one of these points of transition of care between a hospital and a, and a rehab facility or between a rehab facility and a, and a nursing care facility and starting to, to blow those out into what are their, our problems and what are their causes and what can we do to fix them. Yeah. I can, I can give you an example starting at the other end. Uh, I think I mentioned earlier starting in a surgeon's office. Uh, one of the value streams we worked with, they actually got staff from surgeons' offices out in the community to become part of the effort and uh, were able to engage those folks in administering a questionnaire to patients so that before they were ever even admitted to the hospital, they had a very good fix on whether this was a patient who was going to have a normal length of stay for a hip or, or knee replacement surgery, or whether they were probably going to need some sort of home health care, or whether they're going to need to go to uh, some sort of skilled rehab facility after they left the hospital, or stay even longer in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And uh, by doing that, uh, once, the, once they agreed to accept the patient for surgery, the hospital was already starting to make plans for where that place that where that patient would go right. so that even even when the patient hit the hospital they started the discharge planning which is a really different way to approach I'm not saying that other hospitals aren't doing that because I think good hospitals are doing that already but it's a way of looking start to finish what are you going to need and, and how do you manage that experience so that you don't get any big surprises at the end well one, one other thing um, maybe turn it back over to Tom. Um, with value streams, we so often focus on flow, taking time out of um, the system. What, what are some examples where um, taking time out of the value stream has led to other types of results, including um, quality and, and cost? Well, one of the areas that we're, we've also done some work in is, is um, there's there's ten areas of, of uh, avoidable or the hot the uh, let me let me start over here again CMS has engaged a bunch of hospitals around the US and trying to uh, have them work on um, areas that of harm that can occur in a hospital and they've they've kind of identified about 10 of those uh, things like falls and pressure ulcers and and uh, uh, medical reconciliation where they have medical errors and and uh, in in working with with those areas, by we value streamed out in, in a couple instances, uh, and and allowed them to see in their processes. And this is like in falls, for instance, it's it's going down a little bit further level within the value stream, maybe to a particular surgical floor, and then looking at the the, the approach of, on on how the organization on that floor does things to make sure people don't fall and then and then looking at that 
as to where there are possible instances that people could harm themselves and uh, and using that approach with those folks to uh, to uh, to to correct those situations because they certainly can can lead to a, a significant amount of extra cost in a healthcare organization uh, at a time now when eventually they're not going to be able to be re well soon actually not reimbursed for a lot of these things when they occur on their watch. Right. Yeah. Can I pick up on something else that you said, Mark? There, which is. I think, I don't know what your experience has been, but my guess is similar to ours. A lot of people who think about lean in healthcare think we're only focused on efficiency, and you ask about quality. And one of the things we always start with when we in, uh, ask people to scope a project is to start to think about who really is the customer for this value stream and what are their requirements and how well is the value stream currently meeting those requirements. So that the focus on efficiency is certainly there, but there is just as much of a focus on what is quality, what, is, what does quality mean to that customer, and how can we, uh, or how can the hospital redesign that value stream so that it meets both the quality and safety needs, as well as the efficiency needs. Well, yeah, and you're right. I mean, this all gets very complicated when we talk about customer and customers, payers versus patient. Um, this is a really challenging time, and um, I mean, do you, do you see hospitals in particular reacting to some of the payment reform efforts and other higher-level changes by uh, reacting to that by using lean and value stream analysis and problem solving you know, to, to help address that? I, I think there are a few of them that have gone down that path, uh, particularly those that started quite a while ago, like Virginia Mason, and some of those have seen the benefit of of uh, what this can do for them and now as what the problems that you just mentioned are coming up I think they see this as a as a way to, to help them get through that that turmoil but but for the most part I think a, a lot of organizations are, are are struggling to figure out how and what mechanism or methodology can they use to get through this this tornado that's about to hit them with the new healthcare law. So for the most part, I don't think a lot of organizations are aware of how well something like this could help them get better. Now, um, as we wrap up here, um, Judy and Tom, can you talk a little bit about uh, some of the resources that are available about your book out on the LEI website at lean.org, um, where people can find the book, um, what, what, what do you recommend? Judy? Yeah, that's, uh, it's funny you asked that because I just uh, plugged in some information today to somebody who asked that question. Obviously, it is available through um, the Lean Enterprise Institute at www.lean.org. The book can be ordered directly through them. Uh, it can also be ordered on Amazon, and I don't know if you know this yet, Mark, it's now available in an uh, electronic version. Uh, you can order through Kindle for iPads. Um, I've forgotten who else, but Barnes pretty much Noble. unless you want yeah, Barnes & Noble, unless you want an audio version, you can, you can pretty much get it uh, through those normal channels. The other thing I would add is that uh, we're in the process of including templates um, on LEI's website in their knowledge center under templates and forms 
for people who want to do things like download the uh, form for the value proposition or helping them scope out a project. Uh, they are able to download, I think, seven of the forms that we use in the guide, and I think ultimately the plan, there'll be about 18 downloadable templates for people to use that should make it a little bit easier to access not only the content of the book, but uh, things that they can take and use themselves. Judy and Tom, I really want to thank you for uh, being on the show today and um, talking about your new book, Perfecting Patient Journeys. I know we just scratched the surface of um, all the great stuff that's there in the book. Um, I encourage everyone to go to um, the episode page. I'll have a bunch of links to um, lean.org and um, websites. And Tom and Judy, any other links that you would want to share if people want to contact you directly? Uh, we are also available on our, our uh, corporate website, which is the Lean Lean Transformations Group LLC, and it's available. We can be contacted at uh, www.lean-transform.com as well. Okay, excellent. So I hope everyone goes and checks that out. And um, thanks again, Judy Worth and Tom Shooker. Thank you, Mark, very much. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.